श्री गुरु वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जाय गोविंद भक्त बिंद की जाय गोविंद प्रेमानंदे So thank you for all, all of you for coming and to all of you who've been here for your service today and throughout the week for this uh, two-day event of the Gorpurnim and the Asa Puja as it happens to fall on the day before. So with regard to the the evening and the event of the celebration of the advent in our lives of Sri Guru for the past few years which we gather every year for this occasion for the past few years those of you who have been uh, in touch know that I have been discussing the Gurubastakam of Sri Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur it's a song that's quite widely sung and celebrated throughout the whole Gaudiya community regardless of uh, what particular sect or affiliation within the context of uh, the Gaudiya Sampradaya and um it's particularly it's been recommended by the Thakur uh that it be sung in the Brahma Muhurta so that's in the early morning yeah, you'll hear that at most at many temples and so we've been going through that each year I've been speaking on one of those verses and uh this evening this year we come to verse number what uh 6 verse number 6 so we're more than halfway through and um just to give a re- very brief review verse of gurvastakam eight prayers it means in praise of the guru the first prayer is a, is a general prayer about the slavific uh, influence of shri guru in our lives and uh, how without such uh, we would be adrift so to speak in the ocean of nations or burned to ashes in the fire of uh, desire of material existence second verse then while very esoteric and describing an esoteric um, reality of shri guru's absorption in in love for krishna it nonetheless speaks of uh, something external that uh, something that can be can be glimpsed he sings he dances she chants and sometimes she cries and he laughs and and other such things the third verse continues then not as esoteric the second one i want to say is internal and external at the same time is it speaks of the bhava the, the love that generates such madness of singing and dancing and laughing and crying and so forth the third verse then speaks of external activity of archan like we are doing here establishing the temple engaging the students in in such uh seva puja worship of the of the deity and so forth and um how he or she the guru sets an example in this regard and keeps the students very busy the idol is not idol is the idea and he's a big eater for that matter the cooking is very important cleaning is important and uh, all forms of entertainment that we uh, usually um strive for for satisfying our own senses then including shopping goes to the deity and this is very um of course extraordinary uh, idea of um yoga that uh, all of one's propensities for in, enjoying the senses basically can be 
um, engaged in satisfying the senses of the idol, again, who's not very idle, really, and whose, whose form is not really our idea, but it comes from the sacred text and the impression in the heart of great saints uh, who, who speak about that and then bring the deity for us to worship and so forth. And as I've said before, if we pay attention to that deity worship, then we'll, we, we will, we'll be in trouble because the fact that he's not idle will become apparent. He'll start talking to us and then we won't have any time for anything else. So it's also said that the deity is a form of the Lord that comes, a manifestation of the Lord that comes in a form that we can handle. It means literally we can handle him because we can pick him up, but we can handle him also because he doesn't talk too much. When he starts to talk, then you can't handle him anymore. <laughs> then you're, you have, no, you have no, no other life. So that's the ideal. At any rate, Gurudev teaches us about that by his example in the fourth verse. Again, continues along more external lines, if you will, and it speaks about the essentials of a human uh, reality, such as eating, the need to, to eat, and uh, and so we're made in the image, as it says in the Christian world, of God, and he eats too. And uh, I alluded to this in summary of the previous verse, the third verse, but it comes out fully in this fourth verse where it's described that the spiritual master teaches the disciples to offer palatable dishes, foods to Krishna, and relishes seeing them honor that uh, that grace. We mentioned this briefly this uh, the other this morning, I think. And um, it's not about eating, and we think of it like that sometimes. But it's about it's about offering, and the perfection of the offering is, of course, that there's none left after the offering. The deity eats it all, and then you lose your appetite altogether, and you've conquered over eating, and uh, that's a real accomplishment. It's it's pretty much the, the the primal driving uh, force of, of our material existence. We we have to eat to live, and so by this actually you can end the the uh, eating problem, the hunger problem. It's very. Uh, we should make some pamphlets about that and distribute it in amongst the rich and the poor, both. So uh, then, uh, with fifth verse, we discussed last year, and this, this then moves from the external to the internal, and. Um, begins to describe the inner life in a general way of Sri Gurudev in relation to the Madhurdi Lila, the sweet Lila of Krishna. And the Guru, his or her absorption in that. So we come now to the sixth verse, and it's very um, esoteric, very internal verse and difficult uh, to, uh, to understand. But uh, I'll try to speak a little bit about it. Shri Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur says, Nikunjayuno radike disidhai. Nikunja means, it implies a very a solitary place. Nikunj. It means like, uh, like um, hidden, deep in the jungle, something like that, deep in the forest, where you would hide a, a treasure. When we were recently living in tents in Costa Rica, we nonetheless had a few valuables with us, and whenever we would have to leave the property and there was no one there, although there was, there's no one around for miles and miles, nonetheless we thought it wise to hide the so-called valuables, computers and things like that, the valuable that we could keep in touch with all of you, which is our lifeline. 
So then we would send Nitai to find some hidden place within the jungle to, to stash them. So you can imagine that that when we speak of this uh, solitude and uh, privacy and so forth, that there's something very valuable implied. Indeed, um, this verse speaks about the most uh, valuable thing, the wealth of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, attainment. It speaks of the prayojan, the, the fruit, our Krishnanushilanam, the culture of Krishna, consciousness culminates in. And um, the idea is that as this starts to manifest, then as wonderful of an affair as it is, as much as it's, it's worth celebrating, it's nonetheless something that the uh, votary, the devotee, feels uh, that uh, timid uh, to uh, to share, and it's a it's a kind of a well a private affair. Love, I've said before, it's it's contradictory, and in many ways, and one of the ways is in relation to the the point I'm making is that it it wants to share itself and celebrate itself anywhere and with everyone, but it quickly finds out that that's, everyone doesn't share those those feelings and uh, and uh, new regard for that will will not be um, at hand if it's just widely uh, distributed. So we've been advised of that matter. But the most elevated uh, version of Sri Narutam Thakur, that, um, that in the privacy of our heart, Guru Mukhapadma Bhokya, Chitete Koriya Aikya. He says, Guru Mukhapadma Bhokya, that the words of the Guru, what comes from my Gurudev, the realization that comes from him, what he may tell me in privacy, what he may share from the depths of his heart with me, when I become intimate with him, close with him, it means interested in what he or she is deeply interested in, then those words in particular, Guru Mukha Padmabhokya, what comes from his lotus mouth, the secrets about my own life, that Guru Mukha Padmabhokya, Chitete Koriyakya, I keep that in my heart. I keep it locked there. In one place, Nartam says, that starts to manifest as much as you're supposed to think about it all the time, and it's really difficult not to, that inner culture. Don't think about it around people who don't have eligibility for understanding. It means really that you have to withdraw. And we see this example in Sriman Mahaprabhu himself. Mahaprabhu widely circulated himself as the uh, Yuga Avatar, the descent of divinity for the age and the dispensation of the chanting of uh, the holy name. And so widely he went barefoot, almost the length and breadth of India. But at a certain point then, to teach us, really, how by such this inner life will come about, kirtana prabhave smarana svabhave. By kirtan this will come about naturally. At that time, as it does, then one has to recede and he kept himself for the last 12 years of his manifest uh, Leela in virtual uh, seclusion in a small room. It was called the Gambira. Gambira means deep. It was deep. 
some of you may have been there, have seen it, it's still preserved. It's a small stone room, maybe six by six, small room. You know, we come to a place like this and we one of the first thoughts on our mind is, where am I going to stay? How big will my space be? And how will I be accommodated and so forth? And you know, for a good part of our life we're preoccupied with what will be the roof of our head and how much how spacious our 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 dwelling will be. He lived in a tiny, tiny stone room with a tiny little little opening for in the name of a window. But see what a big idea came out of such a small room. So it's the quality of life that we uh, should be interested in and and nothing can really take away from that. Circumstances cannot change the quality of our lives. If we understand what, what the quality, what I mean by quality and value in life is, and if that, and what, of course what I mean is, is, is spiritual culture. There are no circumstances that can get in the way of that. Back to food for a moment and offering to the deity fellow wrote me from prison saying that he wanted to offer his food and the prison wasn't allowing him so he wanted to sue them because it's his religious duty and right according to Vaishnavism that he, all his food should be offered. Yeah. So uh, I told him, I said, you'll lose in the court. I would testify against you. I'll, <laughs> I'll volunteer myself as a witness for the, for the defense. Mm-hmm. And, and I will tell them he has all freedom to offer to Krishna uh, his food. He can cook unlimitedly. He can cook samosas and sweet rice and pokoras and a 64-course, 108-course feast every day in his mind and offer it, and the Lord will accept it. After all, one of the objectives of this whole offering and cooking and big arrangement is that the mind will become absorbed, Right? So he would just absorb his mind. He has nothing else to do. He's in prison, so good facility. Not a, it's not an obstacle, but it's a good facility, and he can offer a big feast every day. And Krishna will eat it, and he'll experience it, and he'll lose all hunger. And then Krishna will appear in the prison and feed him personally. That's our philosophy. That's our theology. We should seek to validate such such a reality and cause it to manifest in our own life. That's what we're here for. So there's no impediment. Mahaprabhu was in such a small room, his quarters were, were minimal, but such a big idea came out of that. And we were all being touched by that. The Gambira, a deep place and deep thought. And there he more or less retired from external life. He went into the Nikunja, the jungle spot, the, uh, the secret place where the secret love affair of the Absolute is played out. And as it turns out, secret as it is, there are some attendants there. And although it is perfect, still the nature of perfection in Gaudiya Vaishnavism is that it's ongoing. So, to make Siddhi, to make this meeting, is the meeting of Radha and Krishna, of course. This is the secret love affair of the Absolute in a private place to make it perfect. Nikunjayuno ratikeli siddhai. Ratikeli means love play. So to make in the most private region 
of the uh, land beyond time and space, beyond geography in, in the Brudge, Brindaban, to make a suitable arrangement for the love play of Radha and Krishna that it might might be perfect. Their meeting there might be perfect. Nikunjayuno ratikeli sidai yayali bir yuktir apekshaniya So high thing and Vishwanath says yayali bir yaya means what does it mean? It means whatever, whenever yaya whatever, wherever, whenever I was recently told a story of a, of a devotee who went to retire in Radokund, sacred place of Radha and Krishna's pastimes in Vrindavan, high place. And there he wanted to enter into the Nikunja. And he met one um, devotee who uh, ostensibly um, took the position of a guru and, uh, and, and, the, and the fellow moved in with him. And uh, he, this fellow had st- studied many scriptures and he was very learned and quite intellectual in his um, temperament. And so the, apparently the guru just uh, engaged him in all types of work. Cook this, clean that, bring this, bring that, and so forth. Practically non-stop. And he went on without stopping and he didn't make any complaint. And one day he just kind of reacted a little bit. said, you know, this is a bit much. I'm a bit tired or something like that. He just indicated like that. And the guru turned to him immediately and said, this is what Manjari Seva is. This is, means to attend to Radha and Krishna's affairs in the Kunja. So you're disqualified. You can go now. Something like that. It means what? Whatever, whenever, wherever. Siddhar Marsh, Pujapat Siddhar Marsh once called him the suicide squad. <laughs> he was thinking of World War II. It was a World War II um, metaphor. And how the, he had heard, you know, from India, as much as you would hear in those days about what was happening in the war, World War II. The Japanese had the, the uh, what they call the kamikazes, kamikaze? Bombers. And, the, you know, the fellow would go up in the plane and that's it. He would, last recourse, he would, suicide bombers, right? We have them today, too. So, suicide squad, making the best out of, out of the worst, I guess, in, in today's world. That uh, to be prepared to to die in order to live, to die to your enjoying spirit, your taking tendency, and so to live there. So it's an entirely uh, selfless, serving ego that is the at the basis of this participation in the love affairs of Radha and Govinda that on their face don't particularly look like service. Necessarily, but if we look at the core of that, we find oh, this is this is the ground under which underneath which, from which it arises, serving ego. So, in the first part of our lives, our spiritual lives, we can divide the culture into three, as Rupa Goswami has: sadhana bhakti, bhava bhakti, and prem bhakti. Sadhana bhakti means it means to practice love, a difficult thing to do. Obviously, love is not something that you can practice. But you can do the things that other people who love do. Something like that. If you see two people in love, then 
they want to dress to please one another and, uh, and, and so forth. So then you might think, well, I want to attract somebody, so I'll dress in a particular way, and maybe someone will be attracted to me also, something like that. So there are people who love Krishna, Radha and Krishna, and uh, we can kind of follow in their footsteps under their direction. We can do the things that they do, not with the feeling that they do them, but with the knowledge that they have a certain power to them inherently. This is Navabhida Bhakti, hearing, chanting about Krishna. They have a certain power to them by which engaging in under the direction of of a saint, of a sadhu, with his or her blessing, it will cause that to come in me. Shavanadi sudhachitte kore udai Krishna prem nitya siddha sadhuka bunai You can't make it happen. It's not a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. It's all figured out. This is your meditation course. Pass grade, this grade, that grade, the next grade, and, and you'll be there. It's not ascending. It's descending. You can do everything right, and it still may not come. That's his prerogative. If he wants to reciprocate, he can. Swarat, he's independent. He will. When our approach becomes filled with love, or when it becomes without love, Mahaprabhu says, it will come if it is pursued with a no-return no kind of ticket. Nishta. I'm not budging from here. In Nishta, this stage of bhakti, it's not always, let's say, joyful. There may be struggle. Uh, the mind may still resist. The senses may resist. But with intelligence, based on good guidance from Scripture, one remains steady. Then the mind does come around, of course, and it pays attention to the practices and so forth. But this is not love. Nishta is not love. But Mahaprabhu says, when chanting with Nishta, love will come. That's for sure. When he sees, he's not turning back. There's no, there's nothing will turn him or her back. Then he will surely make himself available. Ruchika, asakti, bhava, and prem. But sadhana bhakti is a practice. And love is really, you know, you can't practice it. You have to, you have to fall in love. That's what bhava is about. So, there's nothing to learn there either. It's natural, it's spontaneous. So people try in sadhana to learn about bhava and how to practice bhava. But we are rather taught to be submissive in sadhana, to learn to be submissive and follow, and um, such that grace will come and bhava will come. And then we'll naturally know what to do. So in sadhana bhakti, the point is, this is where we're trying to develop a serving ego. We're trying to put aside the, replace the enjoying ego with the serving ego. It's about subservience, about sharanagati, surrender, the outward, outer sign of, of faith. And bhava, by contrast, this stage of bhakti, bhava bhakti, is about longing. There's going to be some overlapping of longing and, and submission in, in one's appeal, in one's approach, in one's prayer. But this should be the dominant Influence in each stage in sadhana bhakti, submission. Oh, let me become a sharanagata. Something like that. In bhav, then longing. So this is, verse is talking about the high thing, about that kind of longing. Glorifying the guru, Vishwanachakuti Thakur, glorifying him, 
with regard to this nikun jayun or atikeli siddhai ayali vyuktir apekshaniya he or she has understood yaya as i said whatever whenever wherever this is underlies the whole affair of the braj lila this overwhelming serving ego again using shri maharaj's language the suicide squad you get to be prepared <laughs> prepared for that so anyway the fellow i that i was giving the story about he he left and he became a buddhist <laughs> so don't go prematurely into these these things and um prematurely means do you try to understand these things without understanding the basis or with, or understanding the basis intellectually but not being prepared to actually do the work gorkhasodas babaji once in this regard had a chuckle and uh replied to someone along the lines of this uh discussion that uh, you you can't pick the fruit without planting the seed watering it cultivating it and waiting for a few years for the tree to grow and bear fruit and what happens you know every year now we have an orchard here down below here well a small orchard about 12 trees and every year there's just tons of fruit on them but you can't pick them if you go and pick them all then it'll be a problem they're not mature or you can pick them but you can't eat them let's say <laughs> so at any rate if you if you if you don't let the tree mature then then you won't get the fruit so it takes some time so what to speak of then what we're talking about if we understand what this is then we'll be we'll have a little patience you you already it's i spoke last night we've already won the lottery we've met our guru this is like very rare and my god with the vishnu john marsh used to say the distance we have traveled thus far in our material sojourn to this point where we have met our gurudev is far greater than the distance we have yet to go from here that's only a short hop long as few yogas only <laughs> now you compare that any number for that matter any number pick a number as big as you want it's going to be shorter than anadi yes <laughs> then beyond numbers hmm? without time time without beginning so for time without beginning we've been moving in another direction and now we meet our gurudev this is the beginning of the end of a sham in the name of life we enter into the world of giving of love and we're to practice that and to culture that and so vishwanath says here right it's very nice whatever wherever who he says that nikunja you know ratike disidai ya yali bir yuktir apekshaniya here vishwanath in particular says alibi means it means like friends assistants here he's referring to the gopis he says that they are always engaged in the nikunj in this private affair and what is their engagement they're trying to perfect these loving affairs of radha and krishna and in the context of that they're prepared to do whatever is necessary and so yayali be yukti yukti means like a preparation like an arrangement it means like kind of a also a kind of like a uh, 
a cunning, you know, knowledge of how to get things done, something like that. It's a kind of like, uh, to put it in an old phrase from the lotus mouth of Srila Prabhupada, by hook or by crook, sell the book, something like that, when he wanted to see that people got a chance somehow or other to hear about this teaching. Hook or by crook, sell the book, something like that. It means a kind of a, and this is, of course, the nature of the leelas, that they have to be a little conniving and a little bit uh, backhanded and, and so forth, and uh, apparently duplicious. Or to say one thing and mean another and openly lie. What about that? And this is the highest truth. And they're opening in an open way. They're lying. Gopis. No, he was not here. That was someone else. When Radharani's mother-in-law shows up, suspecting that Krishna's been there. Hmm? No, it wasn't him. <laughs> the text, the Grantas, Lila Grantas, the Goswamis are full of such, full of this. This, how this crosses over the ordinary idea of dharma. Uh, you, <laughs> of course, this shouldn't be abused, and it has been abused. But yukti means also logic, so it's a kind of a, it's a kind of a logic. It's, it's, it's the shastra yukti that, that that characterizes the Mahabhagavata shastra yukti. It's not just uh, like I've said before. It doesn't mean that you have learned a whole book of shlokas. You remember, you know, you can find these people even in India. They know the whole Ramayana, the whole Bhagavat the whole Gita, and they recite it for thousands of people and so forth. It's not just by memorizing, but it's, it's, it's those just kind of one-liners. Like Prabhu would be asked um, something about, you know, what happens to the food after people eat it in the spiritual world? <laughs> and he would say, why don't you go there and find out? So there are these really conclusive answers that are, are just like a kind of a, a logic if you will, that that is subordinate to the condition of his uh, heart. In, in Ruchi, this is a stage where we cross over from Nishta to Ruchi. There's a crossing over where logic starts to take a back seat and reasoning starts to take a back seat to the blossoming heart of the devotee. But there's a kind of, nonetheless, a logic that that, that arises out of that, that... Uh, enables one to give, you know, as I say, those kind of answers. This is what I call Shastriyukti, the logic that supports, it really literally means the logic that supports the uh, scriptural conclusion, the ongoing argument about the nature of the absolute. But it, it implies, as I say, realization and a kind of a spiritual genius. Pujapat Sridhar Marsh was uh, named, Bhaktisanta Sarasthitakur nicknamed him what? Shastra Nipun, same idea. Shastra Nipun, uh, a scriptural genius. And he was learned in the scriptures, no doubt, and could write beautifully in in Sanskrit and so forth and so on. But something more than that, a kind of an automatic knowing that, as I like to say, comes with love. Love has a kind of a knowledge that that comes with it, that doesn't have any, uh, it's not any excess baggage, essential knowledge. When one loves... One knows what to do, something like that. So these gopis, they love, and they know what to do. They know how to make it happen. They know how to bring about the union of Radha and Krishna, and they're ready to undergo whatever is necessary to do that. They're the suicide squad. If it means staying up all night and uh, lying to the, to the elders, whatever may be the case. 
The guru is not teaching that we should become liars and, and cheaters. No, we should understand the absolute truth. But that it goes so far. In other words, it's just like I've said before, if you go too so far to the right, you start to come out on the other side. On, 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 if you go far enough west, you start to go, go east. And something like So it looks similar, but it's not the same. So, Nikunja yuno rati keli siddhai they're whatever and wherever, whenever they will do apiksha. According to the desires of Radha and Govinda, they are at their beck and call. Nikunjayuno ratikeri siddhaya yalibi yuktira pekshaniya. Tatrati daksha oti balabhasya. Bande gurosi charanadavindam. So this verse of Vishwanath says that the guru is atidaksha. He's very expert. Ati Daksha, very expert. And therefore Ati Bhalava. Very dear. He's very expert in these affairs and therefore very dear to Krishna. He's expert that means in Tatra means like making connection with these gopi people and assisting them in their madness and exclusive preoccupation to make arrangement to facilitate the loving affairs of Radha and Govinda. So this is speaking about, as I say, the, we've spoken about each verse now for the last six years, so we're on the sixth verse. The inner life of Sri Guru, not easy to trace out. There were, a few years ago, when our Gurudev left the world, some other persons, his disciples, tried to step in his shoes, a noble attempt, no doubt, but not all of them did uh, that well. Not an easy task, a difficult thing to do, but they, they, they didn't fare that well in representing him. And so the greater population of the devotees were not feeling satisfied, they weren't getting nourished. And so then all the problems of that... Uh, um, our Gurudev's institution after his passing that we're all one way or another familiar with began to, to manifest. Unfortunate affair. But at any rate, it brought all of this um, false reasoning and misunderstanding of scripture and so forth and uh, that's out and about. And uh, I remember that some of these uh, devotees used to quote this verse and they felt, felt it was conclusive evidence. In other words, they would say to the so-called guru, these prayers are being sung by your students every morning, and it says, the prayer says that you are in the kunja, nikunja, not just the kunja, the nikunja. You are in the private life. You've gone deep within your heart and found it and built a temple there. And there you're assisting the gopis. So I would like to ask you, this is what they would say, I would like to ask you, are you assisting the gopis? I just wanted to know because we can't see it. So we just wanted to know. This is a very um, unfortunate kind of a non-spiritual question that was put forward as if it was the uh, conclusive way of, of arriving at the truth. It's very challenging and um, inappropriate Sometimes people ask, for example, have you seen Krishna? 
So Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur is the same idea. He said, this is like a non-spiritual question. What's implied? If I say no, then you say then, why should we listen to you? If I say yes, I say, why should we believe him? Boy, is he proud. He said he's seen Krishna. Can you believe it? I asked him. He said, yes, I've seen Krishna. Uh, just see, he's proud. He said, no, see, I told you. This is the, the spirit behind it. In fact, Pujapatsudar Mars told us that a, a well-to-do gentleman, well-respected and all, came to the darshan of Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur at one point, and after the, the discussion, he asked if he could speak with uh, Gurudev in private. And so Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur agreed, and uh, they, they went to a, a private place. It was outside but in the moth compound. And Sridhar Maharaj told us that he couldn't, he couldn't um, resist. He snuck over there <laughs> to listen in. <laughs> what's, what's he going to ask our Guru Dave? A private question. You know, this is really going to be esoteric. And he thought, so th- this is what he asked him. He said, looking if anyone was nearby, and Sridhar Maharaj, you can just envision him peeking through the, through the bushes or listening through the bushes. He said, have you seen Krishna? And, of course, this is how Saraswati Thakur responded, more or less. This is not a spiritual question. I'll say something further, for that matter, to those who ask, have you seen Krishna? Well, I wasn't trying. I, don't, I haven't tried. I'm only trying to serve Krishna. That's the teaching. We're not trying to see Krishna. We've tried to serve him. But if you don't see him, how will you serve him? Well, he's everywhere, in everyone, in everything. So it's kind of a non-spiritual question. It's, a, it's not a submissive inquiry. Granted, the way in which these uh, devotees invoked this kind of reasoning and so forth came out of less than ideal circumstances, and they were frustrated and whatnot, but they didn't have a spiritual solution to the problem themselves. They only accentuated the problem, made it that much worse. But, of course, there are a number of answers to the question, and this is one of them, that it's a non-question. But I want to take this opportunity to take this in a slightly different direction, this verse. Because, after all, when I chant it, naturally I think of my Gurudev. And um, he was asked by another of his disciples about this verse. And um, not, you know, are you one of the gopis, but kind of like that, but not in a challenging way. He was asked, more or less, this verse says that the guru is a gopi, an assistant of the gopis, which means... Really, the way Vishwanath wrote it, it means this Manjari Bhav, attending to, to Radha, Lalita, Vishaka, and so forth, Rupanuga, Bhakti. This is really what it's about. And so Prabhupada was asked about it, and he gave a very unexpected, I guess you could say, response to it, which in a simple way, you could have said to the fellow, no, I'm not a gopi. He said, are you experiencing it? They're standing this. You could have said, no, I'm not and given a really spiritual answer. And this is more or less what Prabhupada did. Although he wasn't asked in a challenging way, he took it in a very different direction, which was really quite characteristic of him. He said, that is the special realization of Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur. His guru was a gopi. That's what he, I'm paraphrasing, more or less said, but it's there in that, that database of all the things that he, that he said. His guru was a gopi. He said, so he wrote it like that. But he said the, the guru might also be a cowherd boy. It's, it's possible, he said, which is a very odd 
response. Hmm? Why would he bring it up? And there are, of course, countless examples of this. In fact, last year when we spoke about the, the fifth verse, Sri Radhika there we are also starting to go to the inner life of the guru that Vishwanath described. We also cited an instance in which Prabhupada was um, asked about this verse, and he gave a similar response. So he said, no, you don't have to be a gopi. It's, you might be a cowherd, a cowherd boy. And, but someone may re- also say, well, that doesn't fit. That's not our sampradaya. That doesn't fit. And try to make every devotee, every guru into a gopi. That's not a bad idea. I can appreciate that. That kind of Lalita Saki is said to be quite a canvasser for her, her sect, uh, very outward and uh, in that way. So we can try to look at it like that. Although <laughs> it doesn't always feel like that, when uh, the religious zealots are really only expressing a kind of kanishtadikari fanaticism in the name of Guru Bhakti, and uh, in their effort to make make everyone a gopi, we'll try to think. Well, it's not a bad idea. Okay, it's. A, we we'll forgive them for it. We try to take the high road as much as possible. But sometimes we have to make our point also. Yes, this is the line of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. This is Uno Toltu Rasam Sabakti Sriyam. This is the highest ideal Mahaprabhu came to make available. That's a fact. Krishna has emphasized it, the Kaviraj in his Chaitanya Charitamrita, numerous times. Actually, about three times. He's really made the point directly. And each time after making it, he steps back for a moment and he says, but any kind of love and the four bhavas that are prominent in Braj are capable of conquering Krishna. There, whatever one bhava is, that is the best for him or her. This may be objectively the highest, but the highest is whatever subjectively is one's reality. It's all perfection. So this point has to be made. We cannot just uh, turn it into an intellectual affair. Study the book. This is the highest ideal. Everyone will be like this. It's not about the head. It's about the heart. Bhajan is about the heart, as I said earlier. It's a kind of a retiring of the head, that the heart can come out. You have to use your head really well to get to this point. That is, nastaprayeshu abhadreshu nityam bhagavata seva. You have to pay attention with your head to Bhagavat and Bhagavat seva. And then the heart can start to come out. Then the head can recede to the background and you can give that kind of heart logic, wisdom that we were talking about earlier, Shastra-nipun, Shastra-yukti. So bhajan is a heart affair. And whatever, however the Lord manifests in the heart of the devotee, that should be honored, that should be glorified. One time I took the prayer of our Gurudev to Bhakti Pramod Puri Goswami Maharaj, the prayer on the Jaladut on the ocean boat that he took across the Atlantic when he prayed, My dear friend, and that's the name of the poem, Prayer to the Lotus Feet of Krishna, and then he begins it, My dear friend. He says, uh, there he says, what does he say? Rinaranya, what does he say? Louder. bor. <laughs> He said, I 
recited this poem, this part of the poem to Puri Maharaj. He said, ah, yes, Sakyarasa. He was, he was excited about it. And I said, well, some people say that, just for the sake of discussion, I said, some people say it's unfortunate if Gurudev is in Sakya, situated in Sakyaras, that'll be a problem because what if you want to become a gopi and this is the teaching to become gopi and, and so forth. He laughed. He said, Baba, he said, if your guru is situated in Sakyaras and you think you got a problem, you got a problem. <laughs> <laughs> you got a real problem. You don't understand anything. You should be so fortunate. Anyway, we should be so fortunate to have such uh, such a perfect person as our guide. Prabhupada had this aspiration. He made it very clear. Pujapada Sridhar Maharaj singled it out and said, I think like this about Swami Maharaj. He has expressed this sentiment in his prayer to be the friend of Krishna. So it comes up again and again and again. If you read Prabhupada's books with your looking to find where to, not only into Gaudiya Vaishnavism, but into Prabhupada in terms of his Gaudiya Vaishnavism, then it will be like road sign after road sign after road sign after road sign. I'm over here, I'm over here, I'm over here, I'm over here. If you find me here, find me here. It's like great saints read the Bhagavatam and they only see Radha, 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 something like that. He, he keeps it quiet. It's Nikunj. Bhajan is a private thing. He keeps it very private. This is characteristic of our Gurudev to the extreme. But nonetheless, it comes out for the discerning. He's not keeping it private from everybody for all time. That's not the idea. But to share it with people who are qualified. So it's there to be found in his own words, in his own writing. We had a thread on our forum that someone, I think maybe Manangopal started it. So, and so we said so many stories came out, so many instances of Prabhupada speaking. It's just like, that should be published. It shouldn't be published. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we have to make the point sometimes. And so, so we can harmonize in this way. This is one way to harmonize. Well, this verse is coming like this, and Prabhupada did this, and we said, well, that is a, his guru. And so he had that realization. But then the, the disciple could have said, but... What about you? And if your realization was your experience is different, then maybe we should change the song and so forth. No, not necessary. Not necessary. After all, Krishna has some friends who are acquainted with his romantic life and participate in that. This uh, somebody told me about a recently about a devotee in Vrindavan. He's, um, I guess, an older. Gentleman, I never met him, but he's been living at the Krishna Balaram Temple for some time, and um, they just call him uh, Dadu, which means like Grandpa. And his his ideal is to is that when when Krishna Balaram will come and take me into the forest, and he's been just stuck there at the Krishna Balaram Temple, he won't budge. He's kind of a, I guess an interesting and oddity, desirable nonetheless type of a person. And he's, he needs to about to pass from the world. So his stated ideal is to follow uh, this uh, Madhu Mangal. You know, this, uh, so who is Madhu Mangal? Madhu Mangal is a close friend of Krishna. But uh, Rupa Goswami has described him in Lalita Madhav as, uh, through the mouth of Uddhava as, the, he's the Keli Guru of Krishna. The Keli Guru. Nikunjayuno Rati Keli Siddhai. 
So there's two sides of this love affair. There's Radha and there's Krishna. And she has her attendants. And he has his pals too. And some of them are intimate enough in their association with him to be aware of, not only aware of, but to participate in assisting him in these affairs. And them, and the girls as well. Madhu Mangala is the prime example. He's the Kali Guru. Means Rati Kali Guru. <laughs> Krishna has so many gurus. We talked this morning about Vishwana, about Ishwar Puri and Mahaprabhu's acceptance of a guru to set an example for us. He accepted Ishwar Puri as his guru. He accepted Keshav Bharati as his guru. And he said what? You are my guru also. He had Diksha guru. He had uh, uh, Sanyas guru and Ragmar guru in Ramananda. Ishpur Puri, Keshav Bharati, Ramananda Rai. And Krishna is not short of gurus either. Sandipani Muni was his guru, Shaivite. Because no Vaishnava would become the guru of Krishna. No devotee would. But on a higher level, yes. Krishna says also to the pen of Krishna Das Kaviraj that when it comes to dancing, he's speaking about Radha, which means love. Uh, you are my guru. I am the disciple. And also, and Rupa Goswami says, as I cited in Lita Madhava, Uddhava has said, oh, and so Krishna, yes, Madhu Mangal, is, who also follows him in the, into the Dwarka Leela. Lita Madhava is about the Dwarka Leela and the connection with the Braj Leela. Uh, that Madhu Mangal, who is the Kali Guru of Krishna, Radha's Guru of Krishna in, in love in, in one sense, and Madhu Mangal in, in another. When Krishna needs personally advice, then he turns to this type, Madhu Mangal, Subal. When he's feeling separation from Krishna, they can counsel him. And they will interact also with gopis and bring messages and so forth and so on. So this fellow asked me, excuse me, I should say, a sannyasi asked me, wrote me a letter. said, I know a person and he's aspiring for Sakyarasa and he want to know something about how to think of the Hare Krishna mantra in this regard. Because it's a Yugal mantra describing Radha and Krishna and so forth. Do you have any advice? So I wrote him some advice. He appreciated it. Apparently he must have shared it with that that fellow. So without going into the details of that, uh, I, and I gave him a simple way to, to think. After all, Hari Krishna mantra is Hari, Krishna, and Ram. These are three names of Krishna. Hari means O Hari, O Krishna, O Ram. Simple. But I also told him that there are this, there is this side also of the of the sakas who have some thirty percent madurja. It's sankul, not keval, exclusive sakyarasa, like Sridam, Sudam, and so forth. But mixture with 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 um, madurja, shingarasa. So they are involved in these affairs. So no problem. You can take it hari as hare, for that matter. I gave another explanation also. How Subal will chant Hare Krishna Mahamantra in an effort to make, to bring Radha to forgive Krishna, who's about to kill himself because he can't get her favor, and appealing to them, to, to Radha, what, how, how will you, Soda, Nanda Maharaj, go on, or any of us? So all these kind of things can be found 
also in Hare Krishna mantra. Point is that uh, that uh, Ratikeli Siddhai and Keli Guru, this type, the Priyanarmasaka, they're also participating in all these affairs. And you want to, if you want to really take the verse, Alibi doesn't necessarily mean gopis; it can mean friends also. So there's so many ways in which we can so-called harmonize the sentiments, expressed sentiments, really, in privacy or in secret ways or only in ways that those who are paying attention can, can understand, like Puja Patrita Marshi paid attention. He paid attention <laughs> to what, what he could draw about our Gurudev. No, you, can you imagine? How could anyone not be inspired? It's mind-boggling. At the time of our Gurudev's passing, and so many people wanted to say something in praise of him and about him, and what were his accomplishments, what did he do, what, what... And he came up with this. I've seen a letter, I think, as a poem that he wrote. And Sedin Kobehobimor, he had this kind of aspiration. He went on and gave us so many examples also. This is also Shastra Yukti, what he drew from that. How inspiring to bring us close to our... Of course, it was not unknown entirely. Thing, but he brought it out, and we were a little shy to make such an assertion. But with the strength of our Shikshuguru's standing and help, and, and in the face then also of opposition, to try to make our Gurudev out to be something other than he is, in terms of his realization, I mean, sometimes we have to say something. Pujapat Sridhamars was kind and said, well, you could think of it like this, perhaps, if you like. But my opinion, nonetheless... He said, you could think of it, well, he's empowered by Nityananda Prabhu, so out of deference to Nityananda Prabhu, he showed that side of Sakurasa, while actually he had his, kept his Madhurya sentiments hidden. He did say that, but he said, but my opinion is, a, is different. This is my opinion. You can take it or you can, this was Sridhar, you could take it or leave it. This is my opinion. I see him like this. And I think it is rather a compliment, he said, to those who took objection so we don't have to struggle to bring our Gurudev in harmony with uh, Gaudiya Vaishnavism. This is a big part of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Mahaprabhu came to give four sentiments. Dasya Sakya, Vatsalya, Madhurya. They're all inside of Madhurya. That's a fact. And they're all inside of the, um, the friends of Krishna who are participating in his directly in his romantic life. So, nikunjayuno ratikeli siddhaya yalibhya yukti rapekshaniya tatrati datsadati valavasya bandeguro si charanadavindam He's adidaksha, and therefore he's ati balav. He's very expert, therefore he's very dear, and therefore we offer our obeisances unto his lotus feet. So, with this, we've gone a little longer than I anticipated, I'll end uh, this year's discussion on the Guru Vastakam. Again, that we're going through one verse every year. Excuse me, for, but it, it's a high topic, and um, I try to talk about it in a way that would bring it down to earth. And sometimes we have to, these verses come and play, so we have to be prepared to, to speak about them. Down to earth means ya, ya, libi, ya, ya. Whatever, whenever, <laughs> the Suicide Squad. That's a point you're supposed to learn there. <laughs> so, are there any questions? How yes. Kali Guru means the love guru. Kali, Rati Kali. Kali means play. So, play. What kind of play is Krishna involved in? 
in his love play. That's what he's involved in. Manumangal is his guru in terms of all of his play. That's a fact. He gives him good counsel and everything, but particularly in regard to this. Ratikeli. Another question? Yes. Yukta was some uh, cunning, a skill of arranging things. And uh-huh. Where does uh, Yukta Vairagya fall within this context? Yukta, Yukti. Yukta, I guess here it means practical, appropriate, same idea. I mean, Yukta Vairagya basically means that appropriate renunciation. We're not tyagis or renunciates, we're devotees. And within the context of bhakti, there's a place for renunciation. What is that place? We shall renounce the things that are not favorable for bhakti. That's our renunciation. This is one explanation. That which is not favorable for bhakti, we will, we will renounce. And we will not renounce things that, that can be utilized in, in the service of the Lord as being mundane, like eating palatable dishes might appear to be mundane. We shall not renounce that. And it will be enjoyable. There's no doubt about it. So, Adhikarpa Bhakti, Rupa Goswami explains, accepts as such that we can't have too much of a leaning towards vairagya, detachment, or towards boga, enjoyment. It's a little of both. It's right in between. Bhakti is the central flow. And if vairagya, or detachment, and enjoyment, boga, they meet with bhakti, then they're appropriate, then they have their place. Independent of bhakti, then they're out of place. Boga means then exploitation, and you're in the, in the ocean of karma. And tyag means renunciation. You don't steal, but um, you don't give either. These uh, posit very childish ideas of God. Um, one is, give me, give me. This is karma marg. And the Gyanmarg is, is um, oh, I can't have it, then I won't do anything. I won't do anything then. I'll go sit in the corner. I'll pout. Hmm? <laughs> so this is how children act. So they are childish ideas of God. Bhakti, this is a mature idea of God. It's about giving. And if in the context of giving, I have to give something up, no problem. And if the context of, of giving, I have to enjoy something, no problem. So... It's a balance. This is something about yukta vairagya. It's very practical. So, palatable foods. This is the example given. Like the jnanis, they won't eat palatable foods. Right? Tyagis won't eat palatable foods. But we will eat palatable foods, offer them to Krishna. That's yukta vairagya. It's a kind of a super spiritual intelligence. But with regard to the... Uh, word in the verse, yukti, it, 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 it means appropriate, but means here appropriate. They're ready to do whatever is necessary to make an appropriate, the right arrangement for Radha and Krishna to meet. Well, you're kind of talking on two different levels there. This is in Leela and higher ideal, yukta bhairagya is kind of just an explanation of a basic idea of how to a conceptual orientation, really, to entering into bhakti. Another question? Yes. I'm not sure what you said before about Lalita Madhava, Madhumangala, and Dvaraka, that he follows Krishna and Dvaraka, and that Madhumangala follows Krishna. 
Yeah, Manumangal is the is the uh, son of uh, Sandipani Muni. He's a lost son. Hmm. Well, well, when it's uh, the Leela is not kind of I want to say linear. It's rather multi-dimensional. So Krishna saved this the dead son of his guru. That was his guru Dakshin. He was so expert in performing all the tasks given by the guru that when the guru had to ask some Dakshin, he thought, I have to give him a difficult task. So he said, well, can you bring back my dead son? So, of course, he did that. And then he went on. He took that fellow with him. That's Manamangal. What I mean it's not linear is because he's already in the Braj Leela before that. So, <laughs> so he has his appearance in the Braj Leela. He has his appearance in Mathura and Dwarka. And that's what the whole of Lalita Madhava is about, actually, practically. It shows how the whole, everybody comes with Krishna. It's said that Krishna never leaves Vrindavan, but appears to. And none of his devotees leave Vrindavan, but secretly they all go with him also at the same time. They remain in Vrindavan. Radharani is there. She, she commits suicide, but she appears as Satyabhama in Dwarka. And Rukmini is, uh, and Chandravali is Rukmini and so forth. Sridham is Garuda carrying Krishna on his back. You know, it's the reverse, and virtually the Krishna is carrying uh, him on his back. And so all these things, this, these are the parshads of Krishna. So, yeah, Madhu Mangal, he goes with him. You know, keep things lively and fun. He's a, <laughs> he's a bit of a joker. Prabhupada liked this Madhu Mangal very much himself. You know, he would, he would like to criticize the Brahmins for just eating and not speaking and bogus Brahmins. That's what Madhu Mangala is, a bogus Brahmin, basically. <laughs> Probably would criticize them in this world, but he had that almost as his ideal in, the, in Golok. So. What else? Any other question? Yes. You like? Right? Uh, when God is mentioned, then the Guru has to be in Sarkas or otherwise he has to in Gaudiya Sampradaya, this is what we find. Mahaprabhu's influence and Nityananda Prabhu's influence. So Nityananda Prabhu, actually the beginning of the Sampradaya was the Sakiras Sampradaya in Bengal, isn't it? Where's our scholar, Brigupad? The original, original initiations and seats of the gurus and all were these Dwadasa Gopals, these... Uh, assistance of Nityananda Prabhu in Bengal before the Goswamis ever Sanskritized the whole teaching and gave the final word what Mahaprabhu was about through the um, through the pen of Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami. It's just a Goswami, you know, Rupa Goswami view of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, which is the conclusive view as to what he's about. But it includes everything else that he's about. So there were a number of lineages originally in Sakyarasa. In uh, in Bengal, so this is one prominent influence, and then the Madhurya Sringar influence, Mahaprabhu's tasting the bhav of Radha and so forth, and that's the highest reach, of course, and that's very uh, the prominent uh, sentiment we find in our lineage. But we do find some examples, otherwise, amongst the <coughs> eternal associates, obviously of, of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and a number of gurus in the succession as well. Whereas, in Balab Sampradaya, and Balab was a contemporary of Mahaprabhu, and Mahaprabhu gave him permission to have his own Sampradaya, ultimately, <coughs> to find it in Bhakti Ratnakar. We find the influence of this um, 
Chandravali's love, which is not the Gaudiya Gopi Bhav, and some Bhog Echamayi. In Gaudiya we find mostly uh, Tad Bhav Echamayi, following the Bhav of Radha. There are some gurus, of course, like Suruk Damodar and Ramananda Roy, they're not, they're some Bhogmayi. I mean, they, actually they, they're in a, they will have some dalliance with Krishna directly, so some Bhogechamayi. Do you understand? To have union directly with Krishna. Whereas the attendants of Radha, for example, they follow her bhav. They don't want to have direct union with Krishna. So this is a prominent idea in terms of the succession. The succession, what's being taught, the window that, that is being offered to go through this and this Sakyabhav, and particularly the Sakyabhav influenced also by Madhurya. So these are the windows that our Sampradaya has offered. Now, Balabha Sampradaya, we find emphasis on Bhatsalya Bhakti. But later also we find in the life of Balabha, as recorded in Chaitanya Charitamrita, he took Diksha in Gopi Mantra from Gadadhar Pandit. When did he take Diksha from Gadadhar Pandit? When Gadadhar Pandit was steeped in the mood of Rukmini. Means he's in Dwarka, in Puri. It means uh, Chandrabali. So Balabha took Gopi Mantra from Gadadhar Pandit when he was steeped in the mood of Chandrabali. What do you find in that Balabha Sampradaya? This kind of, you won't find in his Bhagavatam commentary. Balabha is an erudite scholarly commentary on the invention of Radha. Chandrabali side. So some gopi love, but different. And then also, but and Vatsalya Bhakti. Rupa Goswami himself also appreciated it. Twice in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, he says, and there's another group. They do it a little differently, but it's more or less the same. They call it Pushti. They call it Mariada. This is a reference to Balava Sampradaya. So in our Sampradaya, yes, this is what you find. These are the windows that are being offered to us. So we should go there on there was talk the other day about what Mahaprabhu. So that's another side of it. We have our love for Mahaprabhu as servants, servant friends. This is the window, the opportunity that's been given to us. Go through there. Mahaprabhu's lila is like a, overtly a special kind of Vaidhi Bhakti. And internally, it's Raga Bhakti. In Nitya Lila, he's there with Vishnu Priya, Lakshmi Priya, people worshipping, and so forth. Then he goes in Kirtan. And Shiva Sangam daily and Ragside comes out. Gorgadadhar. This is internal. Not Mahaprabhu we have externally some gopi relationship. Girls of the village or anything like that. Yes, he has there's Vatsali with for Mahaprabhu. He has a mother. You can go to Ramlila and his mother's there, there's Vatsali, but you can't go and be be a mother in there. You can follow Hanuman. Something like that. All right, so we'll stop there and uh, presentation.